0: Well, how's your 2020 going? Uh, Right now we're in level two, yeah, level two. Some aren't quite celebrating yet. Uh, They're not gonna celebrate until we're fully back to where we were before. But as a church, we like to see the positive in everything. And uh, when it comes to 2020, this may not be what we planned, but God wasn't taken by surprise. He had a plan in the middle of this and we've just got to get heaven's perspective on everything that's going on. And so in level two, we're celebrating. Because we can meet in groups of 10 and maybe you've got some people over your house tonight watching this. My encouragement to you is to invite people over, but don't go beyond the government guidelines. Don't go beyond 10. Don't have a big party at your house yet. In time, we'll be able to do that. Uh, But we can multiply in 10s, which is good news. A 1,000 people reaching 10 people. That's 10,000 people around the country that we can reach And so church hasn't shut down, ministry hasn't shut down, we're alive, we're kicking and we're moving forward as a church and it won't be long, we hope, until we're back gathering together as a corporate body. Now, many people right now are commenting on the lasting impact COVID-19 is going to have. I wonder what type of impact it's going to have on your life. Now, many people are saying, man, the lasting impact is going to have on the economy, how we do life. You know, it's a new normal. You know, we've got families that are impacted, people's jobs, you know, even people's freedom. You know, are, are we going to have the same level of freedom we had before we went into this? I question I want to ask you is what type of impact is it going to have on you? How are you coming out of this? I mean, you're saying, well, just the same way I went into it but now I'm going to need glasses because I've had too much screen time. You know, I need those blue light glasses, which I don't actually know whether they work or not or whether they're just a fashion accessory. Uh, How are you coming out of this? Are you going to come out of this refreshed, empowered? Or are you coming out of this worried, depressed? You know, what are you coming out of this with? Some of us, we're coming out of this with more weight. But some of us are coming out of this with more wisdom, more insight. Some are coming out with more conspiracy theories uh, and more stress. I really believe uh, this time, uh, as people have been saying, is there's an opportunity to pivot. But, But to pivot, you actually need a solid platform you know, pivoting means that you change direction. I've spent a lot of time on netball courts and uh, had, to, had to see people, you know, pivot. And, and it's about a change of direction. It's looking for an opportunity uh, to pass the ball in a different direction. You know, we could call this the corona pivot, uh, but that wouldn't be smart because pivoting on a virus is not that solid. And you need a solid platform to be able to pivot correctly. And when it comes to pivoting and governing our life, it's so important that we don't do it on the external things, but but we set our life upon the Word of God. And and one thing we've got to understand is, is what doesn't change in this season. Well, what doesn't change is God's on the throne. What doesn't change is the Word of God. You know how the Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but God's Word stands forever. Uh, the world is changing, but Jesus isn't. In fact, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so in a season where everything on the outside is, in ch- is changing, it's so important that we build our life on that which isn't changing. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to lose perspective. Oh, we're never gonna get out of lockdown. Yes, you are. Oh, level two is gonna go on and on. No, two weeks, hopefully. Yeah, you know, many people are saying this is unprecedented. You know, we're living in unprecedented times. No, it's not. There's been plagues before. They've happened before. Economies have collapsed before. People have lived, survived and got through it. And I love, you know, reading my Bible during this time because it puts all things in perspective. In fact, Paul, who was in prison, he suffered many beatings, lost his life, almost lost his life in different settings. And he said this in Second Corinthians chapter four verse 17, he says, "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment." Hey, you now you've got to remember, anything that we're facing is, is, in Paul's word, a light affliction. It's for a moment, but it is working for a far, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory which we, we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, they are temporal, but the things which are unseen, not seen, are eternal. The, the weighty things, the eternal things, the things that last forever. The message puts it a different way. It says, these hard times, they are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us Far more than, there's far more than meets the eye. The things we see now, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see, they will last forever. The question is, what are we building our life on? Just quickly tonight, I want to go back into the Old Testament and go to a story found in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's found in verse 1. It's the story of Elisha. It talks about uh, in verse one, it says, and the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where you dwell, we, we dwell with you is too small for us. I, I wanna say, if you're feeling crammed right now, hemmed in, and we've been in lockdown for some time, don't worry, God's got a bigger space for you to operate in. I really believe as a church, uh, we're gonna come out of this in a large space. We're going to come out of this bigger than what we went in, not just physically, but in the spirit. And and, and he said, the the, the people in the schools of the prophets, they said, please let us go to the Jonah Inn and let every man take a beam from there and let us us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered and said, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. Now, isn't it good news? Yeah, Elisha was a type of Christ and, and they asked, will you go with us? I, I believe the challenge of going into the next season is to make sure that God is going with us. Right. Come on, oh, we, we want Him in everything that we're doing. And it says, so he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. Uh, it was borrowed. It came from somebody else. Now, now steel at the time was a, a precious commodity and he was freaking out. He was thinking, man, how am I going to pay for this? But verse six says, so the, uh, the man of God said, where did it form? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Well, wow, that's supernatural. And, and therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. The title of this message today, if you want to give it a title, is It Cuts Deep. Have you ever been in a conversation and somebody says something that's cutting? And it cut you deep. It got you right in here. You know, words, some words you can dismiss, look over. But there's sometimes people who say stuff and it cuts deep. It gets right in here. I'm praying this message would cut deep today. In fact, two preachers in the New Testament Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he, he preached. And the Bible talks about in Acts chapter 2, how the people who heard the message, they were cut to the heart. Wow. And they said to Peter, what do we need to do to get saved? What do, I, what do we need to do to get in on this? In fact, there was no invitation. There, there was no altar call. Uh, the people just responded, we want in on this. This is this is a, a great message, man. This is good news. I don't, count me in. I'm not miss." miss- missing out on this, because they'll cut to the heart. But if we go on in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 7, there was a guy by the name of Stephen, and he preached the message. And people, guess what, had the same response. Well, they didn't quite have the same response. It says they were cut to the heart, but as a result of the message, as a result of being cut to the heart, They gnashed their teeth at him and and they stopped their ears and they went after him. And in the end, they ended up killing him. Stephen was the first martyr in the New Testament. See, in both cases, people were cut to the heart, but there were different responses. Mm -hmm. I believe God wants to speak into your heart tonight, into your life. The question is, what is your response gonna be? Uh, on Sundays, we don't want to just preach motivational messages. I pray that our words carry weight. They go deep. They don't just go in one ear, out the other ear. Some of you are doing other things right now and you're, you're not really listening to this. Hey, tune in, tune in right now, here, now, now, listen, now. God's got something He wants to do in your life. And I pray that the words that we're speaking, they cut through, they cut through the noise of disappointment. They cut through hurt. They, they even cut through religiosity. Some people say, oh, I heard that before. Oh, that's a great message. But the question with any message that we hear is, is what are we going to do with it? Because it's not just about hearing something and, and going up about things the same as what we did before we heard it. The, the message Jesus preached should bring change into our life. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, I like how the message puts it. It says, Jesus saying this, the words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. So I'm not just grabbing a principle to improve my life. Listen to this. Jesus said this, they are foundational words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock, something that's unmovable. What happened, the rain poured down, the river flooded and a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But he goes on and he says, but if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. You don't want to be a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Now, when Jesus concluded his address, the, the crowd burst into applause. Now, you know, wouldn't that be great for every preacher? You know, the moment you finish, everybody, hey! You know, that's what happened with Jesus. And, and it says, they had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent he was living everything he was saying. And that was quite a contrast to the religious teachers. Uh, This was the best teaching they ever heard. See, the words of Jesus got to cut deep, so deep that they actually bring change to our worlds. Uh, We're gonna make sure when we listen to the Word of God, it's not about short-term inspiration or momentary motivation. Uh, The Word of God is meant to bring lasting change to our life. COVID-19 might bring change externally, but the Word of God will bring lasting change to your life, not just here and now, but for eternity. Now, when I speak, I don't want to do it so I can feel good about myself. You know, I don't speak just because I need a crowd to speak to. Uh, My desire is when when I speak, if I get an opportunity, I'd be like Jesus. Not like Mike, but like Jesus you know, that my words would have power like, like Peter and Stephen. They would cut through the noise. They, they would speak to the heart of the matter. You know, they'll they bring change, positive change to people's lives. See, this is not about entertainment. One thing is the word of God is meant to go deep. The word of God just doesn't deal with the superficial, it brings heart change, long-lasting, deep meaning change to our life. And sometimes, you know, it can feel like the words that we speak, uh, they're bouncing and they're not cutting. I know if you've got kids at home and you ask them to clean up, you can go, hey, would you clean up? And it's like those words bounce back at you, you know, and almost slap you around the face and you end up being the person who cleans up. They don't cut. They don't cut through what they're doing. You know, they don't arrest their attention. Uh, They bounce. They don't cut. You know, for some people, you know, a wife speaking to the husband saying, I need you at home more. Those words bounce, nothing changes. You know, it's still away from home more than they should be. Or a friend said, hey, hey man, you've you had enough. That's enough. Oh no, I'm all right. You know, again, those words just bounce. Or, you know, maybe a stranger, you're crossing the road, says, look out, look out. But, but you're not attuned to their voice and you think that you're speaking to somebody else and, and you, don't, you, you don't catch what they're saying. So words can bounce and not cut. I pray this word won't bounce today, but, yeah. but it'll go into your heart. You know, two people can say the same thing. And, and for one, they can listen in and tune in and apply it to their life, and the other can dismiss it. And what's the difference? It's about the ears of the hearer because what you've got to understand is the Word of God carries authority. God anoints His Word. I don't want to preach just good ideas to you. I don't want to preach something on Sunday that you can't outwork on Monday. Now, God's Word is something that you can build your life upon. Yeah, and it's not just the written Word. It's the rhema Word. It's, it's, it's the spoken Word. It's the, the, the lived out Word. You know? In fact, the Bible says His Word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts between bone and marrow. It's the discerner of the, the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Now, now get this, the Word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. Now, The way you could say that is, is the Word of God is meant to be twice spoken. It's a, twi- t- twice <laughs> it's a twice spoken word that actually has the ability to cut through. Yeah, uh, The twice spoken word, uh, and that cuts through the questions. The, the twice spoken word cuts through intellect. It cuts through natural logic, right. the logic deep within your heart. And if you get that word and you meditate on it, ultimately you, you won't be able to contain it that you'll actually have to declare it. Right. Yeah. See, right. see, at first the, the word came out of the mouth of God, it's recorded on pages. But the spoken word is next, it comes out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, it becomes a two-edged sword. Uh, uh, Literally, a two-mouthed sword. One edge of the sword came into existence when the Word initially proceeded out of the mouth of God. But the second edge of the sword is added to when the Word of God proceeds out of your mouth. See, if you're gonna cut through the noise, if you're going to allow the Word of God to have a lasting impact in your life, it needs to ha- have a double edge to it. Now, the Word of God sadly remains a one-bladed sword. Yeah, it comes out of the mouth of God, it drops into your heart, but it's never released out of your mouth. Uh, the supernatural word lie, lies in the dormant heart, but never becomes the two-edged sword that, that God's designed it to be. And you've got to understand the Word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts through problems. It cuts through impossibility. Come on, uh, what you're facing right now, you need a Word from God. Because the Word of God cuts through doubt. It cuts through unbelief, like like a hot knife through butter. It cuts through with an ease. And and if you're going to make a difference, if you're going to build your life on something that's lasting, make sure you build it on the rock where you don't just hear the Word of God, but you apply it to your life. See, some of us, we need to be prepared to let go of the superficial and dive deeper into the purpose of God because it's there we find authority. If you want to make a difference, just three things quickly. Number one is don't swing a blunt axe. Ecclesiastes 10.10 puts it this way. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Now we live in an age where there's no shortage of information. You now I'd love to be a student today because you have Google, Wikipedia. Back in our day, we had to go to the library and use the Dewey system, you know, which was a mission to find a book or, or an article that we wanted. We had the microfiche you know, that we had to scan through. But today you can just do a search in Google and find what you want. Now, there's no shortage of information It's accessible at our fingertips. In fact, people today, they have more degrees than a thermometer. They're so informed about stuff. But it doesn't mean they're wise. See, wisdom is the application of knowledge. I've met a lot of informed people who aren't wise. And here in this verse, it says, wisdom brings success. Wisdom brings success. You can know how to load a gun. You can know the technique of how to shoot. You can know all about the gun, but wisdom will tell you when to pull the trigger. And what we're gonna understand when it comes to wisdom, as Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, back to Ecclesiastes, it says swinging a blunt axe, if you're swinging a blunt axe, you're gonna use up a whole lot of unnecessary energy. I mean, no, you and I can burn a lot of energy going nowhere. A lot of people today, they're busy, but they're unproductive. Yeah, it's easy sometimes to look at other people and go, man, how come they're getting results? You know, some guys just go to the gym and look at weights and they get all big and you're working hard and you're still the same size. And, and sometimes you can compare yourself to somebody else and you think, man, why are, why, how are they cutting through? How come they're making a difference? maybe they're making a difference because their axe is sharp. Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, he said, give me six hours to chop a tree down and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Because like, like this proverb says, a blunt axe requires more energy. Blunt axes require natural strength, more muscle. I want to challenge to say tonight that your sharpness and your productivity in life ultimately comes from the Word of God. Right. If things remain blunt over time, what may happen, uh, may, uh, the same thing may happen as the guy in this, this story in Second Kings. You know, you're swinging your axe, but next minute things fly off the handle. And sadly, many people lose it today because they're doing it all in their natural strength rather than trusting in God. When things fly off the handle, it speaks to a, a loss of anointing and a loss of purpose. And, 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 and sometimes we're swinging hard, but things are jarring. You know, you ever hit something harder than the thing you're swinging? And it's like there's a reverberation that that goes right through your body and it's an uncomfortable feeling. And it's simply because there's no strength and no sharpness. I want to say to you, life is too short not to live in the sweet spot of God's grace. You can't afford to lose your head. This guy lost his head, lost the head. You know, what what's good is it going to be swinging a stick around? Yeah. See, if you lose your head, you have a crisis. And if your axe is blunt, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Could it be what you're frustrated about right now is more about you losing your head, losing your perspective? You, you, you lost perspective? Or could it be that your axe is blunt? And you're having to use up strength and energy, but you're you're getting little results. Don't swing a blunt axe. Number two, if we're to make a difference, we need to take time to rediscover what's lost and we need to take the advice of Lift Plus and sharpen up, sharpen up. Uh, See, sometimes when we lose something, uh, instead of searching for what we've lost, we, we look for alternatives. Doesn't that happen a lot? You know, it's, oh, we lost that. You know, I lost my keys and now I just hot wire my car. And in fact, I knew a guy growing up, uh, he lost his keys for a long time. He just had a screwdriver in the ignition and he used the screwdriver time and time again just to start his car. Instead of looking for his keys, he just used the alternative. You know, instead of ah, looking for the axe head that we've lost, you know, what we do is we use a razor blade. You know, after all that's sharp, But how many know a razor blade is not going to cut down a tree? Yeah, a razor blade, you'll cut your finger, but imagine trying to cut down a tree with a razor blade. It's like, you're not going to get very far. What enables that axe to cut through is not just the sharpness of the blade, it's the weight of the head. And this guy, he lost the axe head in the Jordan. And in the story, it was borrowed. Now, I like what he did. What did he do at that moment? He cried out for hope. He cried out for, not hope, help. <laughs> That's what he did. He cried out and he got help. If you're going to find your sweet spot and to re- rediscover your purpose, you're going to need help. Now, now, help requires us to humble ourselves. And the pain of crying out for help, you've got to understand, is always less than the pain of suffering alone. Now, some of you right now, you need to hear that again because it hasn't sunk in. You heard the words and going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, this needs to cut deep. Uh, the pain of crying out for help is always less than the pain of suffering alone. See, many people think Christianity is a crutch. It's weakness. You know, why do I need a God? I'm all right by myself. But the fact is we all need help. And asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Like water to a fish. You don't say to a, a fish, why do you need that water? You know, surely you can live without the water. Water to a fish is not a sign of weakness. It's about design. Like electricity to an appliance. Again, it's not a sign of weakness. It's, it's the way it's designed to function. You and I in relationship with God, it's not a sign of weakness. It's about design. Right. And do you know, you and I are designed, our design requires the help of others. So it's not about weakness, it's about completeness. And here, this guy cries out for help. And Elisha, the double portion man, remember Elisha? He asked for a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had. He comes, in fact, Elisha is a type of Christ. He comes in and he throws a stick into the water and the iron floats now in the natural, that's crazy. Iron doesn't float. That's that supernatural right there. I want to say some things can only be brought to the surface through a supernatural move of God. And sometimes, you know, there, there's issues in our life that need to come to the surface, but it's only the word of God as we allow it to come go deep into our heart that will come and bring up stuff that we're, we're, maybe we've been carrying for us a while and, and, we're, and we're, we're wondered why we're being weighed down and we're wondering why we're not running as fast as others are it's simply because there's, there's, there's these things in our life, there's, there's weights of guilt and shame and unforgiveness that we've been carrying around. But, but here's the deal, when, when Jesus comes into our life, that which is heavy, that, that that's which is weighty comes to the surface. And God will only bring things to the surface of our life so He can help us, so He can either remove it or so that we can get get functioning again. God wants you to run freely. He doesn't want you to run way down. I wanna say, for some of us, God wants to speak into our future because there's some stuff that's been hidden in our DNA that God wants to reveal to us, hidden talents. There's been hidden dreams that you've forgotten about. And He wants to bring those things to the surface. See, without a supernatural move of God, those things will remain at the bottom and you won't discover them. But when we ask God for help and when we surround ourselves with, with the other believers, it's amazing how you know, our potential comes to the surface. I want to declare in this season some of the things that, that you've lost You're going to find again. You're going to rediscover. And He's going to bring it to the surface. But here's the deal. What you have to do is you have to pick it up. Because any move of God requires cooperation. It requires you to actually extend yourself. If you're going to make a difference, you need to get to work. Which brings me to number three, the last point. Get to work. You need to put your weight into it. Stop waiting around for God to do something and pick up what's in front of you. Come on, pick up what God's saying to you in this moment. Pick up the Word of God. Now our primary work as believers, is not to use a whole lot of energy and burn ourselves out. Our primary, primary work as a believer is to believe. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 28 a group of people said, they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one He has sent. Sometimes the hardest thing to do as a believer is to distinguish between what's my responsibility and what's God's responsibility. Our first step is is to believe, to believe. That's how work is actually to believe. And that's why the Word of God is so important because it cuts through doubt, it cuts through unbelief, it cuts through disappointment. See, they they can be the things that are actually in the way of us believing. And once you come to that place of faith, you don't need to worry because it will be evidenced in your actions. Uh, You can't believe and not act. Faith without works is dead. Uh, This is something that we've got to live out. I really believe. Uh, Like the school of the prophets, God wants us to operate in a bigger space. But for us to live in a bigger space, it's going to require a deeper trust. We are going to have to trust Him more. We are going to have to lean into Him. In fact, the word honour, which is one of our heartbeats as a church, that word honour in the Bible actually means to put your weight in behind. I found when you put your weight in behind God, it's then and there, you know, the weight of heaven coming in behind you. Let's not just honour God with our lips, but let's throw our life into it. In fact, a swing, if you've got a sharp axe, you know, a swing, if you put your weight into it with a bit of rhythm, you're gonna slice through things. You're, you're, you're gonna cut through once things that you bounced off. Now, I believe this is, God's bringing us into a time where we're gonna see you know, a greater results than we've ever seen before. Where we're gonna be more effective in the work that God's called us to. For too long, the church has just declared words, 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 but they haven't fully embraced them. I believe this is a season where God's saying, come on, I want you to live this deal out. I don't want you just to hear a message. I want you to do something with that message. And you can count on me. If you, you, you apply these words, it's gonna bring life. It's gonna bring success. It's gonna bring fulfilment. It's gonna bring joy. It's gonna bring answers. In Jesus' name.